welcome to Blue Collar Love, the Starflyer 59 retrospective, and all things Jason Martin. My name is Samuel. And I'm Aaron. And before Sam was everyone's favorite boy, he was mine. But we ran out of time. Aaron, I if I was to pick my favorite lyrics from this, from this, it'd be, <laughs> and I'll explain that's, this later, but that's, that's like three songs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So. All right. So today we are reviewing the Pony Express monkey heart EP. Um, so far as I can tell from discogs and stuff, this is Pony Express's second project. And was released in 2000. Yes. And um, it's Pony Express is Jeff Cloud's baby. That's um, his kind of project. And I think what he did for this project is he just kind of started recording and it's got whoever was available to play different stuff. Because this has a wide array of people for only six tracks. We got... Um, well, you say Mitchell. six tracks... You say six tracks, but more or less so, it's 14 minutes and 36 yeah. seconds. <laughs> exactly. So we have Daryl Mitchell, Jason Martin, and Jeff Cloud. Then we have, also have um, Joey Equibel on drums, Josh Dooley playing some guitars, Andy Prickett. I think he just did a remix. Um, and for those that don't know, Andy Prickett's associated with like the Prayer Chain and White Lighter. And then... I think we have Wendy James doing the album art, maybe. And maybe and maybe Jude Long provided craft services. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, so I, I get the feeling this is a project that was just kind of done over like a year time or something, and then just recorded in bits and pieces with here and there with friends. Yeah, um, probably. That's the feel I get from it. So my experience, my history with the CP really boils down to this right here doing my research for it um about a year ago when me and you started recording this podcast man i uh, started writing down all the jason martin projects saw pony express on there monkey hearts i'm like that's a weird title looked up the album artwork i'm like oh that's creepy album artwork but uh, more other than that i haven't done anything with it until listening to it this week to prepare for this podcast well, yeah, at this point, 19, uh, 2000, I'm sorry, I was a full-on Starfire 59 um, fan, so anything that Jason Martin, Pony Express, um, Bon Voyage, the Skinny Album by Steve Hedalong, if Jason was on it, I got it. So I don't. I, I think that's what it was. Uh, and then also doubly, um, Velvet Blue was the newest um, Tooth & Nail. At this point, Tooth & Nail was kind of like, Falling off, and so Velvet Blue was like my new new tooth and nail. So anything that was coming out in Velvet Blue, whether it be Map, Ellen, um, Jatinder Paul, whatever, I was just getting. So, and of course, Pony Express on Velvet Blue with Jason Martin, of course, I'm getting it. And so that's more than likely how I got into this. So I've been listening to this song, I mean, this album for 20 years. Wow, so I got a lot of memories with this album. All right, man. Well. Let's go ahead and we'll dive into those analysis and memories um, with this. So I want to preamble here. This is the first um, project we reviewed that I did not have any lyrics. I was going strictly off of what I heard. Hence my comment. 
because I couldn't hardly understand any of it, which kind of, um, I, I describe it in one way as trying to review without a pinky. It's just, I, it's hard. <laughs> um, I am so used to looking at lyrics. Yeah, so, I don't, you, you're right. I haven't realized that. You're right. This is the first one, because even with Dayton's House Children, we found lyrics. Jeff Cloud, man, get these lyrics online. We need to hear them. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, man, so them. kick us off with Before You Were Everyone's. I think you should go, Sam. I think you should go. Okay. Mm. So, um, within the first five seconds, something sounds weird about this song. I have a theory. This album released in December of um, 2000. And Radiohead's Kid A released in October of 2000. I think Jeff Cloud listened to Kid A and was super influenced by it. But that's, really? That, wow. That's just my theory on this. Because <laughs> uh, there's several Another musician was influenced by Radiohead's Kid A. What a hot take there, Sam. You, you're I, who would have right. thought? Who would have thunk it? You I know, know right? <laughs> um, but then the guitar clicks in, and it clicks. That this is um, kind of like an artsy new wave song, which mm-hmm. I'm. I've been listening to uh, modern English this past week, so like, yeah, I'm all for new wave, you know. Um, and yeah, with no lyrics to reference, all I can get is he's lamenting an ex girlfriend, maybe. But I am definitely down for new wave Radiohead Kid A, right? I'm I'm all for mm. that. So it's a, it's a it's a good kicker. I like it as a first track. Okay, well I'm a my favorite song on this album. <laughs> I love this song. Real, I am surprised. Really? Why? I'll point out which one later. Okay. But... Okay. Um. First of all, the imp- I'm with you, like, the beginning, that, like, beginning, like, it's, I don't know if it's a kick drum, if it's a drum or a drum machine, like, that stutter drum opening, it's very, you know, it's like, that's strange, I'm with you, I picked that up, too. I think it's a drum machine, I don't know. Um, this song is definitely about an ex-girlfriend, but I think it's about a very particular type of ex-girlfriend, and to keep it PG, we'll just say an adult film star. Um, there's a line in there that says, they say that experience molds and shapes you, but sometimes I feel like it raped you. Before you were everyone's favorite girlfriend, you were mine, but we ran out of time. So to me, this song is probably, I don't know if it's autobiographical or if it's just something that Jeff came up with, but it sounds like a girlfriend who went to adult films and the person's, you know... There's references to mescaline and other stuff in the song. It's a very unchristian song, if you were going to say that. And it's very dark and weird. And I love dark and weird. So the music is something, but the lyrics are very strange for, um, yeah, for a Velvet Blue song. But I really love it. Um, The percussion and the sound effects during the outro, I really love is beautifully um, executed. Um, it's a four-star song. I listen to the song a lot. Like I put it on repeat. Um, there's a couple songs in this album that I listen to on repeat, and it's only two minutes. It's a perfect prop song, and I would love to know <laughs> if this is a true song or not. Because these lyrics, because you're right, there the other songs in this um, album are hard to hear, but this one is the one that you that I can actually hear the words to. And it's 
it's a dark song, and I love it. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny you say um, the, the lyrics would be unchristian, because in my personal opinion, um, I feel like the idea of Christianity, particularly in, like, Christian music, is overly sanitized. Yep. Um, if you read through, like, Jeremiah, that is not PG, my friend, um, in some well, of the metaphors read, and stuff he uses of people. Um, <laughs> if you read the Bible, I mean, um, Joe, I mean, Lot with his daughters, what happens there? I mean, yeah. the Bible's very, the, the Bible's very, very, but when I say Christian, I mean like American Christian, Christian, yeah. like you said, it's very sanitized. This is a very Christian song. This song could very well fit in the Bible. There's, there's tons of references to prostitutes and harlots, but yeah, can't talk and, about it in the modern church. So, I mean, this is a very Christian song, but not in the American evangelical Christian world. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I love a song being brave enough to address the idea of, you know, someone who's maybe left their first love for what some would consider a lesser lifestyle yeah. or a, um, a maybe some, a less loving relationship, which fits back into the theme and um, we're going to get into this you'll you guys will hear exactly. on the jeff yeah. dooley interview after josh dooley josh dooley josh dooley, yeah. the josh dooley interview yeah. but the name monkey heart comes from these uh, traps of people holding on being trapped by their selfishness and greed and their own vices yeah and so yeah and so and which is a very christian theme and so this song should could probably should be played in churches, but it never would. I, I don't know about churches, but I definitely think it's it's fitting for um, something to be addressed and discussed. Which I think is some of the best music is when it gives you something to discuss. We'll agree. We'll agree to disagree on that, and we'll move to the second track, "Pockets <laughs> of Pearls." You want to go? Or you want me to go first? Uh, go for it. All right. Well, before like when we were preparing for this interview, I uh, reached out to Jeff Cloud, and he was was not uh, was not available for this interview. Um, but he did. He was gracious enough to um, send me some um, notes um, about what songs were about. And so um, he said that this song is about a family member of his who died on a plane crash in the Atlantic Ocean of the Egypt um, Egypt Air Flight of um, Egypt Air Flight 990 back in 2000, 19, yeah, 2000. So I guess this is a fresh written song about that person because this came out in 2000. Um, it's a nice change up from the um, banger of the opener. I mean, before you everyone's, it has a very different vibe to this song. It's a very minimalistic song. It feels very melancholy. And then, yeah, with the notes from Jeff, I'm like, oh, yeah, got it. Um, I like it. I mean, it's um, it's a very chill song. It's very reflective. Um, it's hard to hear the lyrics, so I get some of it. Um, but, yeah, this is like a... Um, two stars for me and my least favorite song in this album but when i say that like okay so this album i gotta say this it could like some of the songs up here like the first one before you everyone's and some others will get to it i could see being starfire songs and they would be really good starfire songs um but then there's other ones that are just don't feel that way and this is one of them. It's not a bad song, but in comparison to these other ones, it's just it just lacks. So that's all I gotta say about this one. So it's hilarious that you say that because my first thoughts on this was it feels like gold as played on acoustic. Yeah, it's a sad with some, song. 
with some jazz flyer guitars in the back. Um, so it's like a, it feels like Starfire 59 to me, I, which I just find funny. Interesting. Um, so I don't know. It's just, a, it's a soothing song and nice, which in, within the context of, you know, mourning someone who died in a plane crash. Um, I think some of some really good songs I've heard are, you know, almost lullabies lamenting someone's death or someone's passing. And this could probably fit into that category. Um, okay. The, the lyrics could definitely stand to be cleaned up where I could hear them, but as is, um, especially as in the indie rock field, which this is very much like a true indie rock. Like when most people think indie rock, they think like death cab for cutie, but this is like as indie rock as you get. And um, within that context, this song serves as a very nice lamenting the loss of someone, um, just soothing yourself kind of song. Okay. All right. Well, next up is All the Headaches, headaches That Aspirin Couldn't Cure. Take it, Sammy. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. For one, I love that title. Um, I do, too. It's a great like title. That, that's a great <laughs> title. I've, I, once again, I have no idea... What, what these lyrics are about. Um, like I said, reviewing without my pinky here. But if I just ignore the lyrics, because I couldn't understand them anyways, um, it, I immediately get like Pet Sounds vibe, which we know um, all the guys in the Starflyer camp, they were all Beach Boys fans, right? Um, how can you not be living in Who's California? Who's not? Yeah, how can you like music and not like the Beach Boys? <laughs> so, particularly pet sounds, right? Um, exactly. Those, yeah. <laughs> those drums and organs just give me such pet sound um, vibes, which I love. And then also, which this group as well is inspired by Beach Boys. Um, there's some like REM kind of sound, mm-hmm. particularly from their 1998 album Up. Which was far more electronic-y, um, synthesizer-ish. Um, and I, I hear a lot of that inside this song as well. So, cool title. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm all for any kind of reference, musical or otherwise, to the Beach Boys. All right. To me, this is my third favorite song on the album. Um, the song reminds me thematically of West Coast Friendship and No Paradise. Um I can barely pick out some lyrics, but it sounds like a couple, all the hits that Aspen couldn't cure you, the best thing in life, I'm sure. I think that's what he says. No one seems to care. We have our own lives. So to me, what it sounds like is that it's a couple that are going through their life and they're having problems and no one's there to help them. And like you, it's hard to hear the lyrics, but that's what I got from it all these years of listening to it. Um, so yeah, it, it falls into those songs with me. Um, I love the synth, um, or maybe it's keyboard sound in the beginning of it, and it continues throughout the song. Um, the steady drums in this song are infectious. The guitars are so warm, and I'm inviting. Um, this album to me is like a, um, and I've talked about this before. It's, you know, albums to me are like seasonal, and this is a winter album. Um, but sometimes in the winter, you know, I have a really chilly day, and you just put on certain maybe you have a hot cup of chocolate or you put some warmer, some hand warmers in your hands or whatever. For me, like when I listen to this EP in the morning at the time, it like warms me up. It's like, a, in this song in particular, it really warms me up. Um, and I just love the vibe of the song. 
the restraint in it is very needed for the song. I mean, this song could have gone a million different ways, but they chose to make it very restrained. The drums don't get crazy. Nothing really gets crazy. Everything's like totally like, you know, held back. And I think that the song benefits a lot from it. I really love it. I mean, this is a four star song. This and the first song, four stars. Yeah, I can listen to both of these on repeat. Hmm. Well, I'm going to jump straight into, um, well, I will let you kick us off with the title track here, man. Monkey Hearts. Second favorite song in this track. Did you think this was going to be my favorite song? Yes, I thought this would be your favorite. This is a very why? new song. Why? Go ahead. Why? Um, for one, it's a, it's a crazy, weird instrumental. Um, and really, that's where it begins and ends. You love crazy, weird instrumentals. That's I do. kind of your deal, so... If before you were everyone's had different lyrics, it was just a some love song about some broken relation, like some run of the mill, then this would be the bit my favorite song. But those lyrics, and I love like the like when people go and talk about subject matter that most people don't really talk about, that really vibes with me. Because I mean, how many songs you hear about, you know, <laughs> guys who lost their true love to pornography? You know, there's not too many of them, so that makes this song special. Um, but anyway, so Monkey Hearts, weird, bat crazy, she devils with the deep weirdness song. This song is too much fun. It's, it reminds me of too much fun. It's just uh, the wash of um, sounds, feedback, whatever. I don't know what's going on. The minute one, a minute 19, it's like this weird, like, like a wash of sound, and it comes and goes throughout the song. Um, I love it. Um, this song sounds like what I imagine, like a if somebody who's bipolar having a very like hyper man, like a hypermanic episode where they're just like grandiose and just 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 on top of the world and just like feel like they can do anything. To me, this is what this song feels like, um, but in a good way. Nothing destructive. Um, this is ear candy. It's a jam. Yeah, I could. I, I do listen to the song on repeat. Like when I do listen to ZP, like I'll just listen to. I'll just keep hearing repeat, repeat, repeat. It's crazy. It's great fun. Four stars. I uh, love it. <laughs> Go ahead, Sam. Well, this is my favorite song on the album. What? Uh, I'm very shocked by that. What? Okay. Just, uh, from that moment <laughs> I hear that psychedelic surf rock, I'm like, yes. Give me that. I love me some surf rock. Like um, one of my favorite guitar tracks is, you know, to no one's surprise, Wipeout by, okay. um, you know, the, the classic surf rock song. Um, and this song, you know, I think um, after talking to Josh and, you know, he was just playing rockabilly in the background. That's probably him I'm hearing. Yeah. So this song was definitely uh, just Jason and Cloud just being like, hey, guys, just uh, let it rip. <laughs> Let it rip. Just roll. <laughs> Let's roll. Um, and I, this is where it really, I first started hearing like Radiohead Kid A. Um, there's some drum loops in this and some kind of like background ambience that give me big yes. Kid A vibes. Yeah. So um, I love this song. It's, just, it's fun. It's just a, some really class A musicians just doing their stuff. The, the Starfire 59 um, um, Facebook group is going to hate you making all these um, radio hit references, by the way. It's not me, guys. It's Sam. Don't come after me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I never noticed about this they one? dislike Radiohead on there. No, it's not dislike. It's something a totally different thing. But um, anything else about this song? No, let's go ahead and move on to 
um, what should be the last track, but we'll get into that. In Cold Blood. What? what? Oh my God, Sam! I wish you shut your mouth. All right, I'll take I'll take In Cold Blood. Um, this is another song Jeff sent me some notes on. Um, basically, it's a um, reference to um, um, Truman Compote, um, Truman Compote, Truman Capote. You know his In Cold Blood book. I don't know if you people how old you are, but that was a very famous true crime book that really back in the 50s that set the whole genre of true crime on the trajectory that it is now where it dominates everything in this life but yeah so um another acoustic um song on this album it's my fifth favorite song on this album two stars um and on the first um the eastwood dive album the song friday night um which i really hated um i feel like jeff that's what jeff was trying to the vibe he was trying to get with that song nell did on this one this song is way better than that one. It feels like that song, but way better. Um, the outro with the um, the keyboards um, and the harmonica are a good change of pace. Like is, you have all this acoustic stuff, then the end you get does like this with um, I'm guessing some drum machine or something, and with a harmonica and all these effects, it's great. Um, and I'm glad this is not the closer. And I want to hear your reasons why you think this should be the closer. Go, Sam. So, um, one of my favorite ways to see, um, so way I view albums and EPs are a bit tough, I admit, is it should end on a letdown. And what I mean by that is if a monkey hearts is the big climax of the album, it's, it's the big explosion, the big bang why Bruce Willis zip lines out of the building right um then in cold blood should be the moment in the movie where he's hugging his family and everyone's happy and they're just walking off into the sunset or whatever um now that's not to say it has to be like heartwarming or anything but i feel like a good last song just kind of lets the album come down and just breathe and that's what this song does really well um i get like um, the lyrics were kind of touch like what I could hear remind me of like a, maybe someone being ready for heaven because this world's really rough sometimes, which, you know, true crime and stuff definitely can trigger that response to some people. And uh, the kind of Southern acoustic guitars, harmonica, um, it all gives me like, you know, down by the river vibes. Um, and then just add in that kid a drum loop to remind us all we're listening to the monkey hearts EP. And um, yeah, thematically and musically, it's it's a great ending track. All right, well, we'll disagree to disagree on that too. As we go into the final six track, "Monkey Hearts," the Doc mix. And before I do that, there was a note from Jeff about the "Monkey Heart" song, and he said that um, "Monkey Hearts" was um, he's um, was built around some pre-recorded drum tracks for a map song that Jason had recorded and him and Jason just tweaked it. So that's interesting. I wonder what map song that was. We didn't ask Josh that. I mean, we messed that up. Oh, Sorry wow. guys. <laughs> anyway. Um, so this song's my fourth, fourth favorite um, because of the length. If it was, it's like a minute and 40 some seconds. If it was longer to be higher. Um, I love that the In Cold Blood is mixed in. I don't know if you heard it, but 
um, the some of the lyrics to this manipulated a la Kid A with everything's in the right place and some other songs. Um, this title track Kid A, the there's vocal manipulation in there too, just like that on this, and I really like it. I think this is done really cool. Um, I, this song's even more schizophrenic with the whole cold blood um, counterplay in it. And I think this is the perfect way to end this album because this album's freaking weird, man, when you think about it. I mean, you start off with some <laughs> porn star love thing, Egyptian, a plane crash, a couple having issues, whatever monkey going on with monkey hearts, then in cold blood to some true crime. And then, I mean, it's just, this album is weird. <laughs> It, could, it has to end weird. And this is the perfect win and ending. I would just wish it was longer, though. I just, that's the only thing I would say about this song is uh, I just wish it was longer. It's really great. Okay, see, maybe I need to give it a second listen because I did not hear that at all. Um, I just, all I heard was my first thought was this song is trash, this remix. All I could hear is that they lowered the volume on it and added some random white noise on top. And, and I was they like, manip- and they manipulated voices. They like looped the vocals and like stuttered them and it, uh, all types yes. of vocal. So the I didn't hear blood. any of that. Yeah. So to me, yeah. it was just like this is boring. Yeah, and I hated it because it just sounded like they took a decent song and then kind of just made it really boring. <laughs> And called mm-hmm. it a remix. So maybe if I re-listen to it, I'll listen for those things. But as is, it's like the one song I'd be like, yeah, I just, nah. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, yeah, I have, I have the I have the um, luxury of 20 years of listening to it. So, yeah, I guess that's what happens. Experience is everything. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's give our final ratings on this. So okay. I think we're going to be vastly different here, man. I uh, think lyrics, we're gonna, I'm not think, I think I think we're going to be more close than you think, but go ahead. I think you go so, first. I think lyrics. I give a one because by default, exactly. um, I think if I could hear the lyrics, I might give it higher, especially on like mm-hmm. that first song. But exactly, I can't hear anything, so I, by default, I give it a one. Okay. Music one point five. Some interesting ideas. Nothing compelling though, other than Monkey Hearts, which I love. The rest of it though, musically, was just meh. Um. Overall, I give it a one. It's an experiment that didn't quite land for me. So it's a 3.5 out of nine. Okay. For me, I'm with you on lyrics. I mean, besides the first one, Before You're Everyone's, which, again, I can hear a lot of them, but I can't hear all the lyrics, so it's kind of hard to, like, judge. Um, so I'm going to have to give a one because I can't hear them. Um, musically, I think it's more interesting. than um, I think with the, all the headaches that aspirin couldn't cure, um monkey hearts um two and then like just overall with the how it holds up it's such a weird because it's like you mentioned all the kid a references which obviously is a timeless album um and it's just so weird it's not trying to be anything it's like whatever cloud was doing at that time he was and again like i said with the everybody makes mistakes review i think when artists just try to be true to themselves like i'm just gonna this is what i want to do you know trends be damned i'm it's just something magical about that. And so over the music and everything, it's like a three for me. So for me, overall, the three, the one and two, that's for me, this is like a four and a half, four and a half star album, you know, had um, maybe a lyric sheet been included. 
could have popped, popped, bumped it up to me probably at six, maybe, but that didn't happen. So, so Aaron, um, I feel like that warrants a simple, a quick discussion since this review is so short, anyways. Yeah. Um, with you know the lyric, lyric book would have helped us greatly. Um, album art can sometimes play a factor, and when we get to leave here a stranger, I'll talk about the album art and stuff. Do you feel like the physical product should play into how you feel about an album? Like, um, that's a good question. Should, should it stand on its own, even if there's no lyric book, or if the lyric book was included, would that make a difference in how we view this album? That is a very that's a very loaded question, especially with the way music is these days. And I, I'm glad you brought that up because I want you mentioned it at the beginning. But yeah, I love the um, I, I didn't talk about it. I love the album the album art, and I saw this when I. I was like, oh my God, that is so weird. Like, what is up with that? And I loved it with the, the, the skeleton of hand and the eye. I was like, oh, that's so creepy. That's so weird. I love it. And I mean, and well, Violin was making a resurgence. So I, people are um, doing physical copies because for a while they're streaming was, and still is, it's like the main thing. So to me, yes. And that's why I like vinyl. It's not so much the, it's not just the sound of the vinyl, but when you have a physical copy, the artwork's bigger. And like the Miami, I mentioned the Miami EP, like that lyric book where it's like a big, cause you, you can have a CD booklet, but it's smaller. But when you have a vinyl and it's bigger, you can look at it. To me, music should be a, a physical and an audio experience. And so, yeah, I think it should absolutely play the physical aspect and the lyrics should play an aspect into how you fill an album. Because like you said, if you're writing lyrics and no one can hear them, what are you doing? You obviously wrote these lyrics for a reason, but now no one can hear them. So that's going to detract from how they experience this album. Make it instrumental. If you didn't want them to hear music, then it's, it's so it's a totally different thing. And yes, and artwork definitely plays a part in it for me too. And it's one of the reasons why I started getting the vinyl because like, oh yeah, these CDs are great, but vinyls are bigger. I can look at these things and then when they come with lyrics, I can hold these lyrics in my hand and experience that in a bigger format where I'm not squinting or whatever. So yeah, I think it should absolutely play a part into how you feel about an album. What do you think? Um, I can agree. I mean, album artwork is some of my favorite. Like um, my computer screensaver is just all the artists I like, their their artwork. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, my screensaver like, on my phone right now is a Tori Amos album. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, um, artwork definitely. And so one of my favorite things to do sometimes is um, I will because I have so many physical CDs. I only have a handful of albums of vinyls, but CDs I have like three hundred plus. Is I will take a CD out. I'll put on my nice headphones, listen to it, and I open up the booklet and read it from mm -hmm. front to back, look at all the pictures, check out all the credits, read all the lyrics. And for me, um, that makes the music so much better because um, the way I view an album is like a movie, right? A lot of people um, like their music cut up, so kind of like watching your favorite scenes from a movie without any context, yeah. which can be fun, but once you put it in context, it can make it or break it for me. Exactly. And so that context yeah, is everything as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And I'm old. I'm old. I'm 41. And so like for me, music, I grew up on. And like even with this and like this whole 
scene of music. Um, like, like I bought the, the Mortal Wake album, and in the 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 shout outs, it mentioned Starfire Fifty Nine, the Prayer Chain, and kind of came someone else right now. I can't even think of. Um, but I was like, oh, and and I mentioned this before too. But if I didn't have a physical copy, let's say. The, this was a streaming was happening back in 1996 when I discovered this music. I would have never discovered, I might not have never discovered Starfire 59. It's so important to have that physical copy because the person, the artist, whatever, they're putting their personal touch on it. You know, I know they have their music, but then the physical, like um, the lyrics or the people that helped them and inspired them, that's part of the process too. And that's important too. Just like, I mean, how many artists have you discovered by listening to an interview or something by one of your favorite artists and they mentioned whoever, you know, all of us, you know, how many, how many, I mean, if we didn't have interviews or, you know, credits and albums, how much music have we <laughs> would have messed out on, you know, it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a, uh... So, yeah, I just thought that was a cool little topic to talk about. Yeah. Um, so what we're saying is, guys, I, we'll get I this know album. We're, 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 we're preaching to the choir right here. Yeah. yeah. Because everyone who listens to this is old farts like us. <laughs> but you need to tell people, if you can afford it, I understand not having money, but if you have the money, buy the physical product. It helps out it's the a- artist way more, especially with them not being on a tour and stuff right now. Um, and it's just, it's part of the experience. It really is. So anyway, so yes. And also what we're saying is Jeff Cloud. Can we get a lyric, some lyrics to this album? That'd be great. I, I would take like a vinyl reprint of this. I'd buy that. You know? I mean, he sent out the lyrics to the Becoming What You'll Hate album a, a while back. Let's do it for this too. But yeah, I would also take a vinyl. I would love this on vinyl. I would give him money right now. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, I guess this is our Monkey Hearts EP by Pony Express Review. Put a pin in it. <laughs> All right, guys. Once again, my name is Samuel. And I'm Aaron. Thank you guys for listening. You guys are beautiful. And as always, this has been a Brothers King Media production. Good night. Bye. Hey, guys. Um, So we have a super exciting interview with Josh Dooley about some of the parts he recorded for Monkey Heart. However, um, he was driving out in the middle of nowhere at the time, so the audio does get a bit shoddy in some places. Um, So I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you. Hey, Josh. Thank you so much for joining us again, man. Um, It is an honor and a privilege. Thanks for being here. It's been seven months since the last time we talked, and we really appreciate it. How long? And that was for... um, Was that for... What was that for? What was Which, that for? I'm having a it was just a general interview then, I think. Oh, no, yeah, it was just an interview. Yeah, it was just an interview. You're right. Gotcha. It wasn't for, um, like, uh, see, I, I can't. Le- no, it was for you. It wasn't for Levi Strand. Yeah, yeah, okay, gotcha. Because no, I knew yeah. it was star players, so, all right. Yeah. So, this, what we're actually, is the same year, um, one year before Leave Here a Stranger. Yeah. Today we're talking about the um, the Jeff Cloud project Pony Express 
and their second project, specifically Monkey Heart EP. The one, the only Josh Dooley did lead guitars this time around, Josh. Is that right? Somewhat. I mean, yeah. So my thing was, this was spring 2000, and I was at Jason's home studio doing Maps First EP, Teaching Turtles to Fly, and this album was pretty much 80% done. And they were working on Monkey Hearts and Haunted Hearts at the same time. And I think Jason just said, hey, would you want to like play on a couple of these songs? So that was this. <laughs> this was actually totally last minute. And and it was actually my first invitation to play on another person's album other than my own. And um, so and that was new to me, too, the idea of trying to be spontaneous. So they played. I think they I think Jason just said, like, why don't you play on um, Pockets of Pearls? So he played it a couple times, and I think what I recorded, I was one take, but I I noodled around with it for a couple minutes, and then I think I I go I think I have a good idea, and so we hit record, and so I'm the electric guitar on that doing the finger pick with delay, and then the other thing I did was Monkey Hearts, which is chaos, and it, they they just said it's basically an E minor, have fun, and and so I'm doing the clean guitar that's playing terrible rockabilly style. And um, and then that that's really it. But and then I think the same day I re- recorded the DB Cooper part on the Haunted Hearts, which is now on Oddballs. But I just wanted to include that because for me that was that day I recorded those three. And DB Cooper, I'm doing this finger picking, um, like kind of clean guitar. But that that's that's yeah, that's those are my memories of that album. I'm curious, Josh. You said you got invited to do this when you was um, hanging at Martin's studio. So was he like producing this album or is he just kind of working in it on parts? Because I know um, Pony Express is mainly Cloud's brainchild. Yeah, it's it's Cloud's, but I feel like, I mean, and this is just from watching from a distance, that the first, um, pr- prior to, Jason Martin had a big hand in, in, in fleshing out and I can hear it in the songs that I think he took a lot of pride in um, adding some stuff. So those are Jeff's songs, Jeff's blueprint. But I, but I really feel it's, it's Jason Martin's production that, that chisels it out. Um, yeah. do, you have any ins- do you have any insights into like the whole the concept of like the title, Monkey Hearts, how that came about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if this is trade secrets, but um, like, but... Uh, Jeff was fascinated with there's these traps uh, where a monkey, I believe, puts his hand, his paw, or hand, into this um, sort of a or like an orb, and there might be food in it. And and if they they want to pull the food out of the trap, but they can't because they've made a fist, and so they're trapped. But if they would just let go of the food, they could just pull their hand out. And so it was sort of like their greed kept them trapped into this um trap uh, that's that's a that's 20 years ago he told me that so that's me going back like from memory as best i can and and it was it was kind of a cool thing that he told me and that became the um in, inspiration for the the name of the album and this this idea that like s- some people are their own enemy like these monkeys will just sit there trapped and a, and a guy a poacher or whatever can come up and just grab them it's like how many of us are trapped by our own our own limitations, our own minds. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 
That's powerful. <laughs> that no, that that's really cool to know. Actually, yeah, um, that does put new context on the EP as a whole. Yeah. Okay. All right, Josh. Well, I guess we'll we'll let you go since you're driving and you want to be safe. Thanks, Samuel. Thanks, Aaron. No, no thank you, Josh. We appreciate it. Keep, keep me in mind for the future. Oh, you you got it for sure. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. All right, talk to you later. All right, bye.